Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. Hello, Joe. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? Fantastic. Well, we're going to introduce ourselves to the show and let's begin our interview. Hi, it's Tan here from Write Your Cancer. This is Amanda from My Office Books. And, and we're, we're from, from Aussie, Aussie Bloggers, Bloggers Podcast. And thank you, Joe Saunders, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, what everybody doesn't realise is this is attempt number four. We've had a lot of technical issues this morning, haven't we? Absolutely. So I'd like to be able to acknowledge Joe's absolute fantastic patience. So everybody out there, if you want to learn about LinkedIn with somebody who's really patient, Joe is your woman. <laughs> no problem. Okay, Joe. So if you'd like to just go over... Uh, when you discovered your love for writing and and tell us all about your foray into the world of blogging. Okay, I feel like I've told you this before, <laughs> because I have. <laughs> <laughs> Only four times. Deja vu. <laughs> That's right, we'll know this story inside out soon. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've been writing content for quite a while now, so when I started my business full-time, I... I was using content to, well, just to, I guess, to, to help my clients understand more about what I did. But then, all, then I sort of switched into educating clients as to how to use social media and specifically LinkedIn better. But writing for me um, started way back. Um, high school English, hated, didn't like writing. But then I rediscovered it through writing to pen friends. So I used to have, I got to a point where I had over 100 pen friends around the world. And I then started my own club to help people connect and find templates around the world. And looking back as you do, you know, through your career, I realized that was quite a pinnacle point because that was really the starting point for what I actually do now. But back then it was just a bit of a hobby, hobby business. Um, I saw an opportunity and thought, hang on, how can I help people? So I run a pen friend club for um, oh, about seven years now, which involves obviously not only writing to pen friends, but connecting people, um, publishing a newsletter, which involved content, um, a lot of um, manual handwritten content, um, written on the computer at work in the, you know, on my break and sneaking to the photocopier kind of content. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, so way before internet, way before I had, I actually had my computer and then I invested in the computer so I could run my, my little business. Um, yeah, and coming around, I mean, uh, when I started my business, um, my, my main focus was event marketing and management, which is what I've done for years and years. And I started writing content for, like I said, to help clients. And, and now it's more about helping people understand how to market themselves better. Now, That's what I love doing. And now what I love to hear and how people refer to you is they call you a demystifier of LinkedIn. So can you explain to us how on the earth you end up getting that term? It was one of those things that people would often say when they'd work with me, so either one-on-one -on -one or through workshops, and, and uh, people would start, start sort of saying, oh, 
you know, you demystify LinkedIn. And then one of my clients sort of said to me, you're the LinkedIn demystifier. And I thought, I, I quite like that. It's kind of funky, a bit quirky. Um, so I kind of took it on board. And even just a few weeks ago, I ran a presentation locally and um, one of the attendees was quite new to social media. Um, I don't know, guess his age, maybe in his 60s. And he said to me, I feel like the clients are parted and you've demystified things. And I thought, yes. That's what I want to do. That's kind of my aim. So I'm not. I guess I'm not calling myself some Trump top title. It's more about what I actually do rather than who I am. That makes sense. It does. Um, so that leads me nicely into the point that bloggers do not tend to use LinkedIn, nor do they recognise its power. So can you explain? how a blogger can use LinkedIn so that they can amplify who they are and how to do it properly? Well, how long have you got? That's the question. I can talk about it for days. <laughs> but in a nutshell, you spot on. A lot of bloggers don't use LinkedIn. And I, and I believe it's because it's seen as the professional platform for people, you know, professional services and they wear a suit and that sort of stuff, which is the myth I want to blow out the water, really. Um, LinkedIn's a great platform for anybody in any type of business. Um, what, it, what the power is, I mean, the reason you use it, firstly, it's free. Secondly, it's highly ranked with Google. So if you're looking for your name, for example, and you're on LinkedIn or using it, it's going to be on the first page and most likely in the top three results. So it's worth using. But to use it well, you want to be, you want to be setting up a profile that gives you a good first impression. So, straight away, you'd want to be filling out your name, which obviously that's pretty obvious, but you know, you see various variations of that. But the most important part of your profile is your headline, which is that tagline that sits under your name, which follows you everywhere on LinkedIn. So anytime someone's searching for for you or you talk about the business or you know, you talk, whatever you're, you're, you're being searched for, that will come up along with your photo. So your name, your photo, your headline are really critical for LinkedIn. And people, are, like I said, people may not necessarily be searching directly on LinkedIn for you, but they're searching in Google, and that's the main reason you want to be using LinkedIn. Now, one another thing I've noticed is that while people might have a great picture, which is very professional, and they're looking straight into the camera so you can feel who they are and see their eyes, and they have a great tagline, they don't always have a summary filled out, do they? No, so that's the next part. So really, the... The tagline of the headline is the purpose is to get the person to click on on your link to open up your profile and read more. The summary, which is sort of the, it's like an opening conversation, I like to say it. it it's your introduction. It's your, um, in old school terms, it's your cover letter. But it, it's a way to connect with your audience. So if you're not using that, like I said, it's free. You've got this whole, it's, it's, it's an ability to create a landing page and tell people what to do. So one of the things I've created as part of my program is a seven-step formula to create your summary. So it's probably the hardest piece of content to write on your profile. Especially, I mean, bloggers love writing content, but when it comes to writing about yourself, a lot of people get stuck. So I've created this framework to help people. But essentially, you want to write in first person. You want to sort of establish who you are, um, what your area of expertise is as your blogger, what your, um, you know, what your, what your copy is about, and what people could, should do next, that's the most important part. So when you're talking about, 
sorry, Joe. I was just going to say, when you're talking about what people should be doing next, you're talking about the their call to action and what types yeah, of yeah, what types they can actually use on LinkedIn. Yeah, so one of the biggest biggest mistakes I've seen in a summary after after writing in third person, which is a bit of a no no, unless you walk around talking about yourself in third person, then go for it, um, or you walk around with an MC following you around everywhere, but um, end by telling people what to do next. In, so if you're a business owner, you might tell them what to do as in how to engage with you. But if you're a authority in your area, you're a blogger, you're, you know, whatever it is you are, you want to tell people what to do next. So for, for a blogger, you want to tell people to go off to your blog. So obviously, you need to tell them why, why they need to go there and make it very easy for them to go there. So for a business, you might put things break down and, you know, give me a call, drop me an email, however you want to engage with people. But, yeah, tell them what to do next because otherwise you're leaving it up to them to decide themselves what to do, which may be nothing. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Um, now, Joe, we, we, we did speak too before about why you should actually be publishing your content on LinkedIn. Yeah, so a lot of people think, well, hang on, I've got a blog, why would I bother with LinkedIn? Or, or opposite, oh, well, should I publish on LinkedIn instead of my blog? Well, both. I mean, never ditch your blog ever because that's, as you know, that's, you know, that you've got more control of that, that's, you know, that's where you want to drive people to. So use LinkedIn to drive people to your blog. I mean, there are a couple of ways to do it. So there's, there's a standard update, um, which is quite short. Now, it might be sharing a blog with a bit of context. That's easy to do. And that's probably stage one if you're new to LinkedIn. But to get the maximum value is publishing content directly onto LinkedIn, which is called a post. And the beauty of using a post, I mean, there's a few benefits. Firstly, when you publish a post, your connection, your first level connections are notified that you publish something so that they've got a little flag to say, go and have a look. You know, they may or may not have a look, but then they're advised that, you know, it's, it's been published. You may hit um, their network but because they've engaged. So say, for example, I publish a post, we're connected with Amanda, you comment, your network may see my content because of the fact that you've commented. So that's, you know, that's the beauty of you're leveraging your, your full network. And then LinkedIn will sometimes pick up um, articles to publish in, in Pulse or feature in Pulse. So Pulse is their news service. And don't ask me for magic formula to get in Pulse and get featured because I have, it, it's, one of those, it's like Facebook algorithm. No one knows. It's a big, dark mystery. We can only try and, and you know, but you never know. Some might have been featured some, and, and I haven't worked out why. <laughs> there's no science to it. There's no art to it. It's just one of those things. But so, you know, you never know. But by, by being featured in Pulse, you're also exposed to more people outside of your current network. So, you, you know, so outside of your blogging audience, people have already subscribed. This is a, a way to tap into a completely new network. So, um, yeah, it's highly valuable to publish. Now, one thing I'll just mention is um, with, and, and I'm sure you, you, you've covered this before, but uh, Google doesn't like duplicate content. So if you have your blog and you duplicate it for LinkedIn, then that's the duplicate content potentially. So you, you don't want to penalize your ranking. So it's much better to um, repurpose it. And I've got a whole ebook on content marketing and repurposing. But essentially, you want to either rewrite it slightly for your LinkedIn audience or summarize it. So, one thing that we were talking about in our previous conversation, which was awesome, <laughs> was um, 
And, and then, Amanda, you, you told me that you do this, um, is almost giving a teaser. So yes. uh, opening up with what the, what the article's about, maybe even quoting the article, so quoting yourself. You might even quote, say you're interviewing someone in the article, you could, you could quote them, put pictures in as relevant, and then, uh, and then throughout have links to the actual content. Even a read more, you know, maybe there's, um, maybe your blog's 10 tips to, to whatever it is you're talking about. Link to the right book, the first three, and then, you know, for the, for the rest of them, click here. You know, and, and having a, a like an author, on the article, um, uh, sorry, on your blog, you have like an author box, which will follow you. Then on LinkedIn, but you have to do it manually. So create like a little um, box about you, which can be third person, with links to to where to read more or where to find more about you. And really, you could even do an infographic to introduce your blog and then encourage them to click through too, couldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, it's just a matter of getting creative, really, doing something different. And the more visual you can be, the more it's going to stand out as well. Mm. Excellent. Now, the last... Oh, the, other, the other thing I had mentioned, yep. um, you can embed a lot of uh, content. So writing a blog on LinkedIn, it's essentially like using WordPress or, even, or Word. Um, it's the only place on LinkedIn where you've got the ability to format your text. So you've got, you know, things like bold, underline, hyperlinking, embedding images, video, that sort of thing. Uh, and recently, or a few months ago now, um, they opened up the ability to embed other things. So things like podcasts. So if you've got an interview... And it doesn't have to be like a podcast that's published on iTunes, that sort of thing. It might just be an interview you've done and put on SoundCloud. You can embed that into your post as well. So there's a lot yeah. more you can do with it in terms of uh, mixed media. Yeah, actually, that I saw that you could do that, and I thought that was great. Now, then, that leads nicely to our last point, metrics. Because at the end of the day... What metrics really matter on LinkedIn? Because they've introduced a lot of new features, haven't they? Oh, all the time, yeah. Yeah. Now, with metrics, I mean, there are a few obvious ones, or there seem the obvious ones to, to measure. People just jump on it. It depends on what's important to you. So there's things like how many connections you've got, how many profile views you have. They're, I like to call them, they're really vanity metrics. I mean, you want to be growing your network, obviously. So your first level connections, yeah, you want to track that to ensure that you are growing, because obviously you want an audience and you want your audience to grow. Profile views mean that people are looking at you. So especially if you're publishing content, that's the time then when my profile views tend to spike because I've published something. I might be hitting people that aren't necessarily in my first level connections and they may look at my profile in response, which may, you know, maybe they'll connect me or whatever, that, you know, subscribe, whatever. Yeah. Um, but those sorts of metrics, they're interesting, but then they don't mean a great deal. So what's important for your post is, and this is the beauty of LinkedIn um, posts over general updates. Posts give you a whole range of metrics. So you can see who's seen your content, who's liked it, who's commented and who's shared. You can see that on the post itself, and that's visible to anybody. So if I'm on anybody's article, I can see what the views are like. But on the back end of the view, like when you're logged in as yourself, you can see exactly who's shared um, and who's interacted so that you can actually click on it and have a conversation with them. So if I can see, um, if, I, if I look at my shares in my last article, I can then thank those people, which is really nice. And it's easy because you're doing it through the LinkedIn dashboard. So whether I'm connected or not, I can see them. The only, only reason you wouldn't see them is if um, they've got their settings, you know, privacy settings up. 
But generally, you can see them, so it's, it's nice, um, a nice way to interact. But also, then, in terms of metrics and, and those sorts of metrics, the, the views, the likes, the comments, the comments and shares, LinkedIn will generally email you. They'll generally want to speak, giving you an update on where your stats were, which is nice. Um, but one of the other mistakes people make is they publish an article, a, a blog, or you know, some content on LinkedIn, and then that's it. And it's just like any blog, you've got to then market that content. So if you go to your blog or published post, I always mix up the terminology because it's all the same thing, really. Um, <laughs> but on the, at the top of the post, there's, a, there's some share buttons. So you can share it out to Twitter, out to Facebook. Um, if you want to share it anywhere else, you've got to do it manually, just copy and share the link. But you can share it to LinkedIn as well, which you might think, well, why would you do that? But it means that if your network has missed that, published post update, they've got another chance to see it. But you share it and add a bit of context to it, so it might be adding a different, um, you know, if it say three points on the article, each time you share, you might focus on one point and ask a question of your network. And when I've done that uh, for my own post, I see a spike in views again. You can see the pretty graph that shows you where the views are, and every time I market it, the spikes go up. So it's, it's worth coming up with a marketing plan as well as a publishing plan. That is excellent. That's a really, really good point. Now, so we've, we've now looked at how to get a great first impression. We've also discussed the importance of publishing and using posts on LinkedIn. And then lastly, we've looked at the important metrics to look at. Look, Joe, I'm sure now anybody that listens to this podcast will be like, wow. And I really hope that bloggers listen to what you have to say, and then practice it. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some that are going to be so in raptures over what you've shared today that they're going to want to contact you. So what are the best avenues for somebody to be able to contact you or ask further questions? Well, I'm pretty much across most social media, as you can imagine, because it's right to do. I'm in LinkedIn most days, so you can, you can ask me questions via LinkedIn. Uh, you can connect to me. I'm always open to connections, um, which is LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Joe Saunders. Pretty simple. Um, yeah, Facebook. You can, um, I'm on there under my name or my business wildfire social marketing. So I've got a Facebook page. Um, or email. Good old email works really well. Joe at wildfiresm.com. So I'm, I'm across. Yeah, you know, I'm across everywhere. I'm very easy to find. <laughs> Well we'll, <laughs> well, we'll definitely make sure that we make a mention of all your links. And look, I'm just going to encourage everybody, um, if you found value out of this podcast with Joe, please share this episode of the podcast with your blogging friends. And just remember, if you get some fantastic results, make sure you contact Jo on LinkedIn because she'd love to hear your fantastic success stories. Look, thank you so much I, again, Jo. I love success stories. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I love, um, I love to hear where people, what people have done because that, that, that excites me. Whether, you know, it's not about um, the big clients and such, but it's about hearing little stories of people doing, doing little things and making little changes and getting those big results. Because, oh, the other metric I forgot to mention was your Google Analytics. Really, if you're if you're doing it right, you want to drive people to your blog, and then you'll see that in your analytics as to where the, the traffic comes from. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Joe. I'm sure there'll be a lot of bloggers who are going to be overwhelmed and they may need to listen to this podcast a second or third time to pick all these points up. 
So we love talking to you today. We're so pleased we finally got a recording. <laughs> Yay! And we, technology. <laughs> and we will be definitely in touch and we'll let you know when this is going live so you can share with everybody on your database and I certainly be sharing this with as many bloggers as possible. Fabulous. Well, thanks for having me. And I, like I said before, I've got a um, one-page sort of past make um, good first impressions count uh, PDF that I'm happy to share with your listeners. It's, it's got seven tips to, that they can implement. And I've also got a LinkedIn program for bloggers being released in March, so I'll keep you up to date as to when, when that's coming out. Woohoo! Excellent. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks very much. Okay, bye. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers podcast coming your way soon.